Yo, monkeys, it's me, P-P-P, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. And you, well, you, monkey, you're listening on the S&S Network. Stay tuned or you will feel Big Daddy Cool Diesel slash Kevin Nash. You're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. And you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. This is break Kid, Shawn Michaels, Mr. Hall of Fame, 2011. And you are listening on SNS Radio Network. See ya. And I wouldn't want to be here. Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. The world is listening. Welcome to the open book. Your one-stop shop for the latest news in pro wrestling, video gaming, and entertainment. With your host, the sensational sequel, Sean. What? I guess that's his name, Ashley. Three, two, one, go. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off! What is up, people out there in cyberspace? This is your boy, Sensational Sequel, Sensational Sean, and yes, we are back. We're back with me still being sick, but we're back either way. Um, If you are kind of wondering where we've been, last week I was pretty sick. I actually could not talk at all. Um, it was a pretty interesting day with at work. Uh, it turned out that I really couldn't do my job due to the fact I can't talk. So, but this week I'm a little bit better. I got a call. I got a coughing problem still. Hopefully that won't bleed over into the show. So, without further ado, this is the open book. Let's just jump into it. Oh, there is something I forgot to do. Let's bring on my co-host. My co-host is some jerk who's been in England all day looking at people running with a torch or something. Uh, his name is Ashley, but like I said past couple of weeks, we're still waiting on DNA test. Uh, I think he failed the wellness test for the network, so we're trying to figure out what's going on here. But uh, Ashley, what's up, man? I'm doing good, yeah. This is an interesting taping because pretty much as soon as we're finished, 
Um, I'm going to be chasing that flame again. Well, just don't do what Hank Hill did and drop the flame, put it out, and then use a cigarette to light it up again, okay? No King of the Hill stuff. I don't think I'll try and do that because they don't let anybody near it unless you're wearing a white tracksuit, and I do not have a white tracksuit, thank God. We can get you one, don't worry. We can get you in a white Bronco, too, that used to belong to O.J. Simpson, but I digress. Um, this is segment one. If you don't know what segment one is, segment one is the wrestling segment. We talk about whatever we really want to talk about wrestling-wise. We cover pay-per-views. Uh, for a while, we're going to be covering uh, Raw because I don't get a chance to watch Raw anymore due to my second job. So what we're actually going to do today is we're going to talk about Over the Limit. We're going to talk about the matches. We're going to talk about what we thought about the, of the matches. We're also going to talk about what we expect to come out of this, out of that match itself. Uh, there's some matches you won't get that from. There's some matches you will. Uh, we'll just we'll just have to see what happens. So let's talk about Over the Limit. Um, before we even start, what did you think of the overall pay-per-view without covering any of the matches? Overall, it was good. But certain matches, their placement and their quality made it not an excellent show. Right. I'm right there with you. There was um, there's a few matches that, for where they were, I was very ticked off for, but we'll cover that here in a second. <coughs> Bullshit. Oh, I think you're catching Sorry. off, which seems to be coming back here for a second. And you know what? We're going to start off with the pre-show match, which was Kane versus Zack Ryder in a singles match. That match lasted 6 minutes and 52 seconds, with Kane defeating Zack Ryder by a pinfall. What did you think of the pre-show match? Um, nothing special. Typical pre-show match. The guy you expect to come out on top does. The nice bit actually was... Zack Ryder channeling some Chris Jericho with putting Kane outside and then getting in the ring saying, Go on, count, count him out. Ask him. I actually didn't get to see it myself due to the fact that I was getting ready for my recap. So uh, I did see a little bit Kane winning by, by the choke slam, I believe. Uh, it seemed like a very interesting match, but like I said, I didn't see it. Um, right after this, we actually see all of the people coming out for what's called the 20-man People Power Battle Royale, where the winner got to choose his choice of a United States title shot or Intercontinental Championship match later in the show. This was 20 men, so let me cover all the people involved in this match. We had David Otunga, Tyson Kidd, Alex Riley, Riley Jimmy Uso, Jay Uso, William freaking Regal. Yes. The Great Kali, Heath Slater, Titus O'Neil, Darren Young, Ezekiel Jackson, Jinder Mahal, Tyler Rex, Drew McIntyre, Kurt Hawkins, Michael McGillicuddy, JTG, and some looking absolutely freaked up. It looked like Orlando Jordan a little bit. And Yoshi Tatsu. This match lasted 13 minutes and 12 seconds. There was one person I didn't mention. You counted 19. You counted you count 18 probably there. We also had the Miz. And we had a returning Christian. Yeah. Now, this was, that was the most interesting thing because basically the Miz comes out. And then they're like, okay, who's anybody else? And then all of a sudden Christian's music hits. Out he walks. 
and what has to be one of the most hilarious things to everyone in the in the ring. They're all like, "Where did this guy come from?" Um, Christian defeated, or Christian beat all the other nineteen men by eliminating the Miz at the end to win a title shot of the United States Championship or Intercontinental Championship. Let me preface this a little bit by saying that at one point, Yoshitatsu was suplexed over the top rope, and he, he looked like he landed a little funny on his ankle, kind of like he injured himself. Um, but other than that, you had Cody Rhodes and... Uh, who's the U.S. Santino Morella. Santino Morella, um, sitting at ringside, watching the match, uh, kind of yelling at each other back and forth. What did you think of the Battle Royale? Um, I thought it was weird to see it open up the pay-per-view, which it didn't even really open it up because normally the opening is a video package. So the way it just started is going to be a pretty... If When it gets put on DVD in a month or whatever... I really don't know how it's going to work out with showing it. Because in context, it won't work. So, but overall, the, the finish I thought was really nice with the uh, variation of the spear through the ropes on the outside from Christian to Miz to eliminate him. I just rewatched, uh, like usually when, I, when we cover a pay per view, I have the, the pay per view on my desktop, uh, re, the replay. Uh, playing for me so I can actually cover it a little bit. Um, I just saw Yoshitatsu's elimination. And what happens is uh, Drew McIntyre uh, basically elbows Yoshitatsu in a, in a move, suplexes him over in regular suplex fashion. And when Yoshitatsu, I mean, it's a full flip basically for Yoshitatsu. And basically what happens is one of his feet actually gets caught underneath him, and he basically goes backward and straight onto that ankle. Um, he was he had yeah. to be helped out by the referee. Um, I don't believe there was any word on him being injured, but it didn't appear. I mean, it, it didn't appear that he was completely well. No, so, he, yeah, he was on SmackDown wrestling. What's his name? Sandow. So he, he's he's completely fine. Okay, he, that's he is good. Fine, to yeah. That's good to know. Um, some faces we haven't seen. I haven't seen in a while. I mean, I don't get to watch SmackDown that often. I mean, I haven't seen Darren Young, Titus O'Neil, uh, who else? Uh, Kurt Hawkins, Michael Michael McGillicuddy. I haven't seen some of these guys in a long time. So it was very interesting to see all of these people. Um, it was a great, great match to actually start the whole pay-per-view out for me because... I love Battle Royales. Battle Royales are one of the things that I've always loved due to the fact that it's chaos. It's controlled chaos. And then when you have William Regal, one of the greatest technician wrestlers in the ring today, and they're just controlling the entire thing pretty much, him and Christian, that's pretty awesome. But seeing, seeing the whole entire thing, the way they did everything, um, was just pretty awesome. Uh, Christian basically doing a shoulder through the turnbuckles to Miz as they're both outside the ring, basically to eliminate the Miz was pretty cool. So uh, that was a great match. It, like I said, it lasted 13 minutes and 12 seconds. 
Christian got his choice of either a U.S. title match or Intercontinental title match. We'll let you know a little later on what that what match they actually he went with. Well, um, to to preface into that because a pretty important thing happens later on, but after the match finishes, he starts pointing at Santino. Right, he does. He, he looks over at Santino, kind of points at him, and Santino is like, "Okay," I was like, "I should be good." Um, Cody Rhodes is kind of pointing at him, laughing at him the entire time due to the fact that he feels that Santino is about to get his title match. So, so I mean, it, it looked like it was going to be a very interesting match. So, I mean, like I said, later on, we'll have to let you know who, what actually happens. But Santino and Christian, it looked like, was going to be later on. Uh, second match, well, really third match. Uh, Kofi Kingston and R-Truth faced off against Dolph Ziggler and Jack Swagger for the tag team titles. Uh, it lasted 12 minutes and 12 seconds. Yes, a 12-12 match. And we, we had still champions, Kofi Kingston and R-Truth. Uh, fight little Jimmy. <laughs> Sorry. No, it can't be fight little Jimmy. Jamaican Jimmy? I like little that. Jimmy Boom Boom? Uh, Jimmy Boom Boom. That works. Jimmy Boom Boom. Yeah, man. Sounds just fine. Well, so, uh, any Jamaican people who are offended by Sean's impression, uh, blame me. <laughs> Actually, still one who chose it. But <laughs> That's what I said. Blame me. <laughs> uh, I do want to preface this by saying that Over the Limit did happen in my home state, Raw in North Carolina. I happened in Raleigh, which is about two and a half hours from me, at NC State. I did get a few text messages from a buddy of mine who was backstage. There were some things that were uh, that were talked about that happened backstage that no one really knew about, like Ric Flair being backstage at Over the Limit. So I digress. Vicky's looking fine. I digress again. What did you think of the tag match? Um, other than your major title matches, probably match of the night, looking at the rest of them. Because it was a good little tag team match, good chemistry between, you know, both Ziggler and Biff, and little Jimmy Boom Boom. And it, it worked and flowed well, because you've got arguably those four guys, if you split them off and let them have singles careers... They could have a decent fatal four-way because the chemistry between them is good. Definitely, I definitely see that. Um, one thing I do want to do want to talk about right quick is someone made a comment, I believe, on SNS uh, Sunday Night Showdown about uh, what Dolph Ziggler was wearing. He was wearing a silver jacket with what they what they kept calling was a dog collar. It's not a dog collar; it's actually a choker. Um, it was a silver choker. It was kind of interesting the way he wore it. Um, but Dolph Ziggler is coming out in some pretty cool attire, uh, pretty old school attire. Also, if you to ever take a look at it, um, but you do have two, uh, four guys who can put on an amazing match. I mean, you've got R Truth, who is actually from North Carolina, which was very interesting to me because they usually don't let their stars go over in their home country, or home state, <clears throat> or their home hometown, really. So it was an interesting moment for me as R-Truth is from North Carolina. He was about an hour and a half away from his, his actual home. 
So he, him and Kofi kept the titles by a really good match. So it was very interesting to see all four of these men, especially Dolph Ziggler, who is Mr. Perfection right now, doing amazing jobs. So that match ended by a pinfall after a... Oh, Ziggler avoid Ziggler tried to do a run into the corner with I can't remember what move it is, but Kofi got out of the way, but at the same time hit Ziggler with the trouble in paradise off the ropes, which was just sweet. Yeah, what happened was uh, like he was just saying, Ziggler was going for a little like a splash into the corner. Kofi came out barely at the last second, hit the Trouble in Paradise in a sweet move that caught Dolph Ziggler in midair. I mean, that was a very sweet move by Kofi. I mean, I, they did a great job in, in that test. So um, they, they keep the titles. Great match. If you get a chance, take a listen, take a watch at it. Um, next match is one that I was kind of interested in because, I mean, it contains one of my favorite female wrestlers. Uh, it was the women's, uh, the Divas Championship match, excuse me, Layla versus Beth Phoenix, which lasted 10 minutes and one second. <gasps> I really was not too happy with the way this match ended due to the fact that Layla needs to work on her skills a little bit. But Layla is only a placeholder champion. So <laughs> Layla, Layla defeated Beth Phoenix. And hopefully what will be a very short title ring. Because Beth was definitely not happy with this match. You could definitely tell it in her demeanor. You could tell it in the style she was going at. Um, once again, I felt very, very bad for Beth. She was trying her best, but Layla was doing horrible. Uh, what did you think of the match, Ashley? Beth Phoenix's new attire is amazing. Oh, we'll yeah. Say, yeah it looks we'll very say good. that. She's she's getting less. She's wearing less and less every week. Hell, she's you know she's gonna be she's gonna be like the cat when she took her bra off at Armageddon '99 soon. It's gonna be that naked. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, but it was a good little match. Rarity as well. A divas match going longer than ten minutes, possibly even longer than five. Mm-hmm. Because I think the I last mean, couple of pay per views have been about seven minutes ish. Looking at the looking at the matches, one, two, three. Four matches were less than 10 minutes. This mm -hmm. match got more time than another title match. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, what you let's let's talk a little bit about the match itself. Um, Layla, she comes back from injury. What when everybody thought she was re basically retired, she comes back from injury. Her her match with the Bellas was not horrible. But at the same time, it was the Bellas. Yeah. When she gets in the ring with an actual competitor as Beth Phoenix. I mean, there's one moment when Beth tries to tie her up in the ropes. Uh, or tie her up in the, in the, the ring post. She basically... Layla basically disconnects her legs just to fall. She doesn't even connect them like Beth wants her to. <clears throat> And looking at Beth's face, you can tell she's not too happy about that. Um, 
I just... Kind of similar to how Beth was happy with Kelly Kelly on Raw. Same kind of thing. She, you know, you could see at the end, she was like, oh, look, another win for me. Wasn't helped by the other person. Yeah. One of the major reasons why I'm bringing this up is because it seems that the whole plan behind everything is going to be that at some point, Karma's got to come back. Karma's going to come back, she's going to take the title, and it's going to be Beth Phoenix versus Karma. Um, and what can only be described as the one thing that every single women's wrestling fan is looking forward to. Triple threat. What? What I'm looking forward to is a triple threat with Natty Night, Hart, Beth Phoenix, and Karma. And you know what? I hope they do that. I really do. I want to see Natty back in the spotlight. Natty hasn't done anything worthwhile for a while. The whole Divas of Doom kind of squ- kind of squandered a little bit. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see what, what happens here. But WWE, if you are listening, give Beth some money real. Give her Natty. I want to see a Natty versus Beth, uh, especially with something to do with the, the Divas of Doom. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, so we go from a Divas match into the World Heavyweight Championship match, which was a fatal four-way rules match that basically had Sheamus, Alberto Del Rio, Randy Orton, and Chris Jericho. Another Diva. Another Diva? Yeah, Chris Jericho, because he's on his back every night. Why won't you win? That's not nice. That's really not nice. I do know this. Um, Santo Loco, if you are listening, my brother, JJ needs a jacket. JJ needs one of the jackets. We want multiple <laughs> colors. We want JJ Sex Day on the back of it. Just give me a call when it's ready. I'll pay whatever, um, as long as it's less than $1,000. You got my number. But back to the match. This match lasted 15 minutes and 52 seconds. And your winner is still the champion, Sheamus. I was... Well, Ashley, what did you think of the match? Good little match. I thought clearly the reason why they did it is because it was supposed to be Del Rio, but they weren't confident that he was up to full fitness yet. Because with what goes down on SmackDown, Del Rio is now the sole number one contender. Okay, I um, I'll claim it. I really did not. I didn't see this match. I didn't fully see this match. I kind of went. I had to go deal with something. Came back, saw a little bit. Had to go deal with another thing. Came back and saw the ending. I, I'm looking at it now, and I mean, it looks like a good match. I'll have to go back and rewatch it. So we'll have to see what uh, what I'll have to see what occurs, but I, I can't give a full determination on this match because of the fact I did not see it. So I do apologize to you guys, but oh man, <laughs> Sheamus just hit a rolling Samoan drop, as I'm going to call it, on Alberto Del Rio, and that was a pretty hardcore move. Uh, sh- the the 
match ends with <clears throat> trying to think how this goes now. We uh, had seconds. Oh, okay. The match ends with Sheamus hitting the bro kick on Randy Orton. Chris Jericho rolls him up, grabs the tights. Sheamus then picks him up, hits the Celtic cross. Well, on Chris white, noise, white noise is being called now. Well, guess what? It's the Celtic cross no matter what. <laughs> I don't care what he calls it. It's yeah. Celtic it's cross. It's Finley's move, goddammit. You stole it. That's right. And Sheamus gets the pin on Chris Jericho. That's how the match ends. So we'll jump from there into a unannounced match. <laughs> which I really did not care at all. Only the thing I cared about was one thing. That was the Miz came back out, talked some trash about Brodus Clay, and then started doing the thriller in the middle of the rink, <laughs> which all of a sudden made Brodus Clay come out, and they faced off. I will say this. Brodus Clay is doing a little bit better in the ring. He is definitely showing that he has a little bit more skill now. I, I'm liking the gimmick. I really am. The gimmick's doing pretty good because it's getting over with the fans. It's not going to be something that he's going to continue on with uh, to become a champion. He can't do that as a, as, a, as a heavyweight champion. So they'll probably repackage him at some point later on in the future. It worked for Cena. <sighs> yeah, but come on. Cena <laughs> was out there dancing with two women and a midget. No offense and to Hornswoggle. And kids, which was very creepyish. Um, I mean, we don't. It's Tony the Tiger and the Honey Monster. I mean, we don't need Brutus Clay out there flashing the kids when he's trying to do it. <laughs> God, now you're just making me think of Brodus Clay doing a tag team with Big Daddy V. Oh, God. That's even <laughs> scary. I do want to say that the back of Brodus Clay's tights, or his singlet, uh, is pretty awesome. It's got the uh, the drama face on it. Uh, one side, it's kind of smiling. The other side, it's a frown or a mad face. It's really cool. I do want to say that's pretty awesome. Uh, I mean, it's it's a Brodus Clay match. So, what do you expect? Brodus Clay wins with a pinfall. Match goes four minutes and eight seconds. Brodus Clay wins. The thing I did expect is not to be as one-sided, considering the last time they faced each other on Raw, it was like the first legit match where Brodus looked in trouble. And then, a week or so later after that, he basically wipes the floor with him. I do want to go back for a second. There was a move that Brodus Clay hit on the Miz from the top rope. Let me find this move right quick because that's exactly what I thought. It's a version of a T-bone suplex off the top rope. Uh, it was a it was a good hit, good move. It's just I wish Brodus Clay had gotten a little bit more connection with it. Um, I'm a huge Taz fan, so the human suplex machine. You know I've got to justify that the move was not 100% hit. So, Brodus, if you're listening, brother, if you do the T-Bone Suplex from the top again, do us a favor. Get some more connection off of it. Mm-hmm. But it kind of looked like the Miz didn't push off as well either. So, it looks like it's more so Miz's fault. Um, 
I will say this also, Miz, you kind of screwed them over here. You botched some moves. Stop trying to hurt people. So, our next match was another unannounced match, but it wasn't so much unannounced as it was had to deal with the Battle Royale in the beginning of the, of the pay-per-view. One of the interesting things here, though, is before the match happens, you have Tyler Rex and Kurt Hawkins walking around taking people's signs because they went against John Laurinaitis. A very interesting thing happens with Tyler Rex as he goes to take one fan sign away. He reaches for another sign, and the guy basically does not give it to him. And he almost gets into a fight with Tyler Rex. Or was it Kurt Hawkins? No, it's Tyler Rex. He almost gets into a fight with Tyler Rex in, in, the, in the whole uh, crowd area. Sorry, I was, trying to, I was trying to watch at the same time. Um, yeah, WWE muting freedom of speech. Vote Linda McMahon for Senator. Don't get political. No politics on this show. Well, yeah. I will not allow politics on my show. But the match basically comes out like this. It's either a U.S. title match with Santino Morella versus the versus Christian, or it's an Intercontinental Championship match with Cody Rhodes going against Christian. Now, I'm going to let you talk about what happens to actually bring this match into what it was. Yeah, how it went, Cody Rhodes was talking with uh, Eve Torres, basically saying, oh, he's going to bring some dignity and class to the US title. Whereas, you know, I stay as Intercontinental Champion and bask in awesomeness and whatever, and Christian's over there is like, what were you just saying? Oh, um, I was saying, how great you'd be as US Champion. And he goes, okay, I'm changing my mind. I'm going for you. Hence, Christian versus Cody. So and basically, then came... the curse of the transitional champ. I'm not so sure that was a transitional champ. Um, it was Christian versus Cody Rhodes the ma- for the Intercontinental Championship, a singles match. It lasted seven minutes and 18 seconds. Uh, Christian did defeat Cody Rhodes with the kill switch. He mentions transitional champion. I don't think that was a transitional. I think it's going to be more so Cody is really good at chasing the title. Uh, I mean, his whole big show holding the title and then uh, Cody Rhodes chasing was really good. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see Cody chasing, but this was a good match. Well, the question is, what's Cody chasing? Why do you say because that? what's what is the pay per view after No Way Out? Money in the bank. True. I think if if this is the case and they don't want to copy the Miz storyline and have somebody already with a U.S. or Intercontinental title going after, the, you know, going after the briefcase, I think it possibly is. The quote unquote the transitional period. Now, there's rumors that Wade Barrett could be back or not in time. So, he's another SmackDown star that you'd say would be a talent that needs to be given that push up to the top row now because you're seeing more and more guys leave or perhaps 
defocus themselves from actually being at the top of the company. Orton has kind of stepped away from that now. Cena certainly has with his whole storyline with Lesnar and Rock and everything. So it'll be interesting to see. I am hoping that Wade Barrett does come back. Um, you do bring up No Way Out. I basically mentioned that because of the fact that the poster for No Way Out is Daniel Bryan tied to railroad tracks with AJ basically tying him down in what can be considered the old-fashioned kind of kind of look. Uh, basically the old 40s, 30s, 40s cartoon, cartoonish type thing. Or well, silent movies as well. Yeah, silent movies. Um, so, I mean, it looks very interesting. I mean, if this is what's a look of things to come, then it's very interesting. Um, but it's No Way Out. No Way Out hasn't been around for almost three years. It's been no, since 2009. Uh, yeah, and that's when it was really evolution, well, sorry, Elimination Chamber before it had the title. Right, it was more Elimination Chamber style matches then. I mean, the main event for that pay-per-view was the Raw. Wait, was that Raw? That was Raw. No, this, was it the Raw one? No. It was because Edge Edge basically came back and took the took the chance from Kofi Kingston. Because Kofi Kingston basically was in the match, was attacked from behind by Edge. Edge put himself into the match. Oh yeah, I'm getting it mixed up with the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view with uh, Shawn Michaels coming out from under the grates. That was the year after, so yeah. So this was the, um, I mean, it was a good good pay-per-view, but it's been three years. So I can Unless you're in Germany, year. of course. Why do you say that? The Elimination Chamber name in Germany has kind of historical connotations. Right. So they call it No Way Out. So technically, Germany is having two WWE No Way Out pay-per-views. <laughs> That's interesting. Kind of, similar to, kind of similar to how there was a No Mercy in the UK in early 99, and then the US one in October 99. I do want to give it up. I mean, other than Beth Phoenix, AJ looks flipping hot. You see, I want to talk about this now. Because I think I possibly figured out what might happen storyline for the poster. Possibly. Okay, first off, I want to mention AJ's necklace. That's a pretty interesting necklace. Uh, it's actually the female skull and crossbones, but it's got the bow on it on the top of it. That is a pretty awesome necklace. Um, yes, I am mentioning a female's necklace. It's AJ's. I don't care. AJ is flipping. Okay. I'm, getting dis- I'm getting distracted. I thought we were talking about matches. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Um, what were you, you, you? You're going into your fantasy fantasy writing, basically. So go for it. Okay, well, should we talk about the match first, which was by far match of the night? It's all, of course, twin match of the night. Yeah, let's let's jump into the match. Um, it was CM Punk versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship. This match was the longest match of the night. It was 24 minutes and 4 seconds. CM Punk defeats Daniel Bryan. Was it pinfall? I don't yeah. remember. It was a LaBelle 
Oh, sorry. That's yes right. lock. That's right. It was a, it was yeah. basically a yes lock or bell lock ish. Um, that basically CM Punk turned around into a pinfall. But as soon as the referee counted three, the bell the bell was about to ring. CM Punk taps out. The thing is, the referee already made the pinfall. He did. Because it was free, and then about a second later, as the bell rang, Punk was tapping out. It wasn't in the same style as the brilliant match between Angle and Undertaker from about ten years ago. When it was basically simultaneous. Yeah, that was an interesting thing. Uh, It kind of was. It was kind of like that. But this links into... What happened with Raw? Basically, Punk basically got his revenge on Brian because if you remember last week, Brian duped Kane into thinking that CM Punk was hitting him with a chair and Kane went mad with the chair on Punk. So this time, Kane went mad on Brian instead. But after that, AJ was backstage and seems to be like kind of in love with CM Punk and then got insulted and she started crying and he hugged her and he said you know I kind of like crazy jigs and she was kind of not pleased but not pissed so somewhere between the two and what I'm thinking is fantasy booking hat on which kind of looks like a Stetson this could lead into possibly because they both claim to be kings of submission. Because the Anaconda Vice and the figure four is used by CM Punk and you've got the Yes Lock and God knows how many other submissions that Brian knows. I think it could turn into an ultimate submission match. Where the final decision comes on something to do with AJ. When was the last time we actually had an ultimate submission match too? That's a curious question. Ultimate submission would have probably been Benoit versus Jericho. Let's see. Uh, About 10 or 11 years ago. There's been Iron Man matches since. There's been a lot of Iron Man matches. There was one that just popped up. There it is. Chris Benoit versus Kurt Angle was the last Iron Man match, and that was Backlash 2001. So that's very interesting that it's actually been that long. And the way I'm thinking it'll be is AJ will get involved, get Brian the title, and she thinks that will get him to fall back in love with her for getting the title back. He'll give her the cold shoulder, and then I think the phrase, the most appropriate phrase will be, hell hath no fury like a woman scorn. <laughs> I'm very interested to see what actually goes down with this entire pay-per-view. Um, I want to see what's going to happen with this entire feud. I mean, Brian versus Daniels. Wow. Um, that was completely incorrect. Punk versus Daniels. Or Punk versus Brian. What the hell? Um, Brian Danielson. Yeah. He's thinking back to Ring of Honor because that match, the workload that they both did, it felt like a Ring of Honor match. It did. Because their chemistry was just instantaneous. They could have probably not even met to discuss it, 
and just did it in the ring, and it would have worked. In all honesty, the way I watched the match a little bit harder than a lot of people. Um, this match, they they most likely did not meet in the back. They just probably shook hands in the back, said, let's go out there and do this, walked out there, and did the entire match in the ring. I am, from the way they were going, the way they were moving, the way they were just going off, it definitely looked like that they were just going straight at it. Match of the night, very high possibility match of the year. Uh, unless some other, unless a match they have later on beats this out, this will be match of the year. I'm just wondering if they're going to carry this view to a SummerSlam. I hope they do. I want to see something big. I want to see a cage match. I want to see a ladder match. I want to see a submission match. I want to see something big. Because with regards to No Way Out, this pretty much the clarification has come through WWE because the original report that it was, it was going to just be cage matches. But apparently now it's going to be things that involve the kind of No Way Out phrase. So, strap matches. Possibly, as I say, submission match. Ultimate submission, I think, could be a concept. Where did this Cage come from? Matches. Oh, there was a report a week or so back that I saw basically saying No Way Out isn't just about cage matches because there was a report a few months back saying that because of this whole WWE wants themed pay-per-views, like Hell in the Cell, like Elimination Chamber, like Extreme Rules. They wanted to try and bring that in okay. and have it as an all-cage match thing. Because if you look, the last time you had a cage match on a pay-per-view has been at least a few years. Because quite often they've just had the cage match for a live SmackDown. Mm-hmm. I think the last three live SmackDowns have been headlined by steel cage main events. Okay. So we'll definitely have to see what comes of this, but uh, like I said, match of the year, match match of the year candidate, definitely match of the night, definitely. Yeah, Next it's possibly match. the only match that's challenging Taker and Triple H so far. Yeah, of the WWE side, it's the only match that is challenging. That's so. And now uh, we go for best match to possibly worst. But next match is another unannounced match. It was Camacho with Hunico in his corner facing off against RVD Heavy. Rob Van Crimson Goldberg. Right back. It was a singles match. It lasted yeah, 108 seconds. seconds. Yeah. A minute and 48. I'm not even going to talk about the match. I don't care about it. Actually, I mean, if you got anything you want to say, go ahead. What I'm intrigued about is. On SmackDown, he had a black eye. Who? Ryback. Who punched him? That's the question. Between seeing him on Sunday and seeing him on Friday, for some somehow, because we know it's taped on a Tuesday, somehow in the 48 hours in between, he got a black eye. Don't ask me how. Hmm. That's very interesting. I'll have to uh, kind of look at this and see. Probably but, uh, was backstage and RVD went, Dude, you're stealing my gimmick, man. Probably. RVD already gave him... Well, actually, 
Um, there were some forearms. Yeah, actually, there it is right there. I just saw it. Camacho gives some forearms to Ryback while Ryback is on the ropes. And, I mean, there were some stiff forearms, and it looked like one came across the eye. Um, oh, yeah. Because he gets up holding his face. I mean, he basically no-sold a kick to the back from Hunico, which is the big thing. Let me see if I can... So Camacho botched. Yes. No, no not really. Because um, let me see this again. There's one. There's two. Yeah, it had to be that second one because he's he gets up. He's holding the eye. Unico goes for the kick. Ryback falls forward a little bit. Camacho hits him with the shoulder. Yeah, it was it was one of those forearms because at that moment Ryback's holding his face. So yeah. Or they did it stiff on purpose to try and continue his Terminator character that he originally had with a Ryback role. Possibly. So that's the only thing I'm going to say about this match. Uh, Ashley, anything else? No. It's, it's, it's sad that we've talked about it longer than the match lasted. Yeah. Uh, so next match is the main event. And guess who's in it? I'm only gonna. I'm gonna talk. I'm. I don't have shit. Crap. Um. This match is was a singles match. It was John Cena versus John Laurinaitis. This match lasted 17 minutes and four seconds. About 15 minutes longer than it should have been. Basically, the rules were no countouts, no disqualifications. There must be a pinfall or submission. Any superstar hit or interfered in the match would be terminated immediately. John Laurinaitis, if he lost, he was terminated. I think I covered all the basic rules. Did that would that mean Arnold Schwarzenegger would come back from the future and kill them? Because <laughs> they uh, don't want to use the phrase you're fired because that's synonymous with another person in WWE. Hence the terminated. It's possible. Um I'm going to let you talk about it first, Ashley, because I've got a few choice words for it. Oh, wow. Um, you know, it was kind of, I I probably... 17 minutes, and you say 15 minutes shouldn't happen. I'd say if it went about 8 or 9 minutes in total, it would have been all right. It's okay to have some of the humor, because I thought the bit where they went on commentary with a Spanish announce table, and... John Cena pretended to be Booker T, and Laurinaitis was Cole, and Laurinaitis barely said anything. That was kind of humorous, because I want Cole to say nothing, and I want, well, I don't want Booker T to say a lot, because I'm not a great fan of his, but I thought the impression was good. But then, like, the pit, you know, the pouring the water over his pants, and the fire extinguisher, and and the, the ring bell was kind of... You know, there's a, there's a series of films over here in the UK called Carry On Films, which are basically just stupid, stupid fun. Except this was just stupid and it wasn't that fun. See, I'm going to stop you there for a second. The ring bell, I thought the ring bell was hilarious. The water down the pants thing, I, that was completely unnecessary, periodly, period. Um, if that was a real fire extinguisher, let me let me just put it this way. Uh, if that was a real fire extinguisher and him being sprayed with the, having the water all of them like that, uh, it's called hypothermia. 
it's called frostbite. Yeah. It's pretty serious. Um, I mean, that stuff's pretty, pretty crazy. To be uh, honest, so, it did look like dry ice. It, it, it kind of looked like there was something not, not completely right with the, with uh, the whole fire extinguisher, but I mean, I'll, I'll let you continue. I'm sorry. And there's something there's something that wasn't all that right with the match finish, because finally Laurinaitis got some offense in with a steel chair, and then decided to uh, behave like a chicken and run away. Then came Big Show, yes, the guy who was fired. So therefore, he'd already been terminated. So. He was like a free agent. He could do whatever the hell he wanted. And clearly, he wants to go in a feud with Cena again. Because the finish came with attitude adjustment attempt on Laurinaitis until WMD thwack into Cena's head. And apparently, you know, Brock Lesnar can... It was... What was that image on the SNS page? The one that I commented on? Yes. Um, basically, it was Brock Lesnar yeah. can punch you in the face and Cena just bleeds. Cena but just bleeds and smiles. Big Show hits you with the fist and Cena's dead. He's dead. Um, I, I posted on this because of the fact there was one thing. Um. Brock Lesnar, he knew he was going to get hit. He knew Brock Lesnar was going to beat the crap out of him. So he was expecting it. Big Show, he wasn't expecting it. He basically turns around, gets the WD on the side of the head, too, where the temple is. Not on the jaw, but the temple. So that was one of those facts where you get hit in the temple by by a punch by someone that big, yeah, you're going to be knocked out. But Lesnar fell for it twice because it happened on Raw the following night. See, I, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but let me jump into this. Some of the sec- some of the parts were cool. Uh, the, the ring bell, the commentator booth, all of that was cool. Uh, Laurinaitis, the whole water bottle thing, fire extinguisher. The fire extinguisher I like because it, it involves an object that's not used that often. The water bottle down the pants, the whole water bottle thing was crap. Uh, should not have happened, period. Laurinaitis basically runs for the hills. Cena standing there like, what the heck? Big Show brings Laurinaitis back by holding him around the throat. Throws him in the ring. Kind of looks at him like, okay. Like, this is how we're going to do this? Okay. As Laurinaitis, uh, Laurinaitis is stuck between a rock and a hard place, pretty much. He grabs, he, Cena basically scares Laurinaitis into the Big Show. Big Show grabs him around the throat. Laurinaitis is pretty much trying to fend for his life, trying to tell him, let, let me go. Big Show looks at Cena, throws Laurinaitis at Cena. Cena picks him up in an attitude adjustments, FU style. As soon as he gets him up, boom, right in the face, right in the temple. And Big Show stands in the corner, not looking too happy about what he just did. That's the end of the match. Everyone in the front row in a Cena shirt is like, what in the world are you doing? There's kids. There's a dad. I'm looking at right now. There's a dad, and he's just holding his hands out like, why? 
Why Big Show? Why? That is oh absolutely hilarious. My question is, what are the Japanese going to think about it? Because apparently there's, because it's Johnny Ace, the J- Japanese are really interested in seeing this pay-per-view. Because it gets aired, I think, on delay. We don't know their reaction. But I think they could be pissed. Because Johnny Ace basically did nothing. Even Vince McMahon had more offensive moves than what Laurinaitis was given on Sunday. I'm watching the crowd as they are, as he's counting three. There's two kids in the front row who are crying. There's a father who's, sit, who's standing there next to him. He's got his hands on his head like, what in the world just happened? I mean, they, they put the camera right on him, and the kids got their thumbs down. They got, the dad's like, what's going on? This is just hilarious. The thing I, is, when he hit him with the WMD, you heard about half the crowd, who must have been the Daniel Bryan marks, going, yes. Screw Cena. Because there was some cheering for Big Show turning heel on Cena. But uh, the, the pay-per-view ended pretty much with Lauren Nitus hand being held up by Big Show, and Big Show walks out of the ring. That was the, that was the pay-per-view. I will say this, Lauren Nitus did get a standing ovation from some of the, uh, the, the backstage for his work. So I, I will say good job to Lauren Nitus for his job that he did just kind of wish you had done a little bit better. Just say. Why didn't he do the Ace Crusher? <laughs> just say, Randy, this is how you do an arcade. Probably why he didn't do it. As far as pay-per-view goes, several unannounced matches. Several matches that were not needed. The Brodus Clay and Ryback matches, not needed. How? Um, you don't even have to announce the participants, but announce ahead of time that you're doing a Battle Royal. So, I'm going to give the pay-per-view a B-, just more so on that, uh, because yeah. of those matches, not so much the, the, the final match, not the main event, um, because, oh, that, that's got to hurt. They, <laughs> they just showed a clip of Big Show basically throwing Laurinaitis over the rope, and Laurinaitis lands on his head. That's got to hurt. Well, you see, it's a B-, minus. But if you'd have switched the Cena match and the Punk and Brian around, it would have been I'd have a. given it an A minus. Yeah. Just through the fact that Cena has to be in the main event, because, quote unquote, and this is what I hated at, even in the pre show when they said, all building up to our main event, the match everybody's talking about, Cena versus Laurinaitis. And I'm like, no, I'm more interested in the Ring of Honor match. So, my grade was a B minus. I'm guessing, Ashley, you're giving it the same thing? I think I gave it B minus on Sunday as well, yeah. Okay. So, that was our coverage of Over the Limit. Now, let's hear your coverage. Yeah, we'll quickly, we'll quickly go over this because we're slightly over on time. but We are. It started with basically Cena basically being pissed at the, what happened on Sunday then Laurinaitis comes out and says, oh, here's your opponent at No Way Out, Big Show. And Big Show basically, you know, says, I cried on national TV last week and nobody cared, so screw you all. And says that he's going to knock Cena out in four weeks. Then Otunga comes out and says, I'll have a match with you. And Cena says, quote unquote, 
I'm going to mess you up, boy, if you get in here. And that's kind of what happened, and Cena won. And then as soon as the match finished, Darren Young, Titus O'Neil, Hawkins, and Rex, I think, just came out of nowhere and attacked Cena. So this is kind of similar to what happened with the Nexus, and with everything being out of control to when Triple H was ousted from the company. So, unless John Laurinaitis gets oust for double standards, or for doing the same, as a, I'm going to quote double standards, shall I say. You know, the same thing happened with Triple H, and nothing happens of it. I don't know. But. Then we've got, the, we had the weird thing with Ricardo Rodriguez and Santino Morella, with Santino saying he couldn't understand what Ricardo said, and then... Santino introduces Del Rio and rolls R's like nobody's business. And Randy Orton won it with... By, well, Randy Orton won by DQ because for no reason at all, Jericho ran in and hit the codebreaker on Orton. And keeps attacking Orton and says, I'm the best in the world at what I do. Has Jericho been drinking or something? Because... That's what his character seems like. So basically, they're pushing for a Jericho and Orton match? That is set for No Way Out. Yes. Okay. But the interesting thing is... Arguably, this is bringing it full circle. Because if you remember what happened the last time Jericho was in the company... He was threatening to reveal who the general manager was behind the laptop. Mm-hmm. But then got punted in the head by Orton and got written out. So, arguably, it's going to revolve around back to that. Because considering you've had a Kane-Orton feud start from something that happened 18 months before, and the Punk-Orton feud that started about two years before, they could easily do something with it. Then we had the Brian Punk confrontation about the tapping and the pin at the same time, which wasn't at the same time. And then the reminder of the Kane incident from the previous SmackDown. And there was the match with Brian and Kane had a match. The match finished with CM Punk getting involved by trying to go for Brian with the chair Brian stopped him Kane saw Brian with the chair Kane boot, big booted him and then got the chair and smacked the hell out of him and Punk then uh, went to the ring to check on him that was a genius line oh, I'm going to check on him I'm worried about how he is and then he, he proceeds to attack him further that's nice then the AJ thing that I talked about the creepy stuff you know crazy chicks phrase then Christian comes back to Raw after 8 weeks has a match with Jinder Mahal who has his own perspex box for his turban what the hell then Kelly Kelly has a match with Beth Phoenix which I touched on as well which was again a case of Beth going yeah she isn't a wrestler can I have a wrestler to fight please and then this was set up earlier 
with the attack. I should have gone on to it then, but it's probably best to bring it up now. Seamus saved Cena from the attack, so Lauren Knight has said, okay, you're going to be in a two-on-three handicap match. And then he said, no, wait, first time ever on Raw, two-on-three handicap lumberjack match. And we didn't know their opponents, so Seamus and Cena came out, and then Vicky Guerrero came out, so I was like, yes, Biff and Ziggler. And then Tensai. Oh, sorry. By the pro- by, the uh, pro- proclamation of JJ Sexay, Lord Fatass. Well, how this went really was Tensai was in it for quite a bit, which was not pleasing to me because he isn't he hasn't been brilliant. But he did get busted open the hard way, so right in the middle of his forehead, he just had a big red gash, which didn't look right. Then. Because all the lumberjacks around the ring as well were all heel people. So Jericho, Epico Primo, Mason Ryan, um, name another heel in Del Rio. Any other heels, Sean? Say again? Any other heel guys? I can't even remember. Name that somebody were, else that's a heel. That's a heel? Um, well, I mean, you got Kane, you've got... Tyler Rex, who's now a heel. Are yeah. we talking about just Raw or SmackDown? Yeah, or? Well, no, yeah, well, every every brand really, but that'll do. He said Rex. I don't think Kane was there because they were kind of teasing Kane turned face because he beat up Brian, which was a bit of a mixed bag as well. You've, kind of a tweener role now. Yeah. He attacks and fights Zack Ryder and gets booed, and then the next night he's cheered because he's beating up Brian. So what happened there is... Everybody started attacking Sheamus and Cena. Then all the faces came out, and we had like a face versus heel face off, like a cutscene thing from Pirates of the Caribbean. And Cena ran off to chase Laurinaitis because Laurinaitis was. Well, no, he was chasing Big Show because Big Show appeared on stage, found Laurinaitis, and Laurinaitis said, You know, I don't know where he is. I haven't seen him. And. Because of the stipulation, and because I'm no longer a wrestler, and I'm back as executive vice president, you can't touch me, and you can't physically provoke me and everything. And then, big show out of nowhere, WMD, and Cena falls for it again. That's raw. Not a lot really happened. But the confusing thing is, after everything that's happened this week with Raw and SmackDown, we already have, I think, four matches scheduled for next month. Hmm. That's interesting. I'll have to... Uh, see, unfortunately, it seems like I'm not going to be able to watch next Raw due to the fact that I have to work again. But I get off a little early. So maybe I'll be able to uh, check out at least half of it or three quarters of it. Because it sounds very interesting. Well, looking at it, the only matches confirmed are Cena versus Big Show. But with the way it's looking, and with what happens on SmackDown, you can add Orton and Jericho to the mix. You can add Sheamus and Del Rio. And by the looks of it, you're going to have your rematch with Brian and Punk. Okay. So, is there anything else you want to add in before we jump to our first break? No, I think that'll do. We, we've run a bit long, but this is what happens when you're away for two weeks. Right, and you you got to cover a pay-per-view, so I mean, you got to talk about the pay-per-view in full. 
Um, yeah. For those expecting us to talk about uh, uh, Sacrifice, TNA Sacrifice, we do apologize due to the fact that we were away last week. We It's been a little bit too long for us to cover two pay-per-views. We would go much longer than the usual paper, pay-per-view coverage than we would normally. Uh, so we do apologize for that. Um, in leaving for the first segment, we do want to leave you with a very... A song that I think, not just a song, more so a theme that I believe should be played. What was it? 23rd. 23rd anniversary of the loss of one of the greatest... Oh, no, 23rd of May. I thought you were... It's the 13th anniversary. 13th. Ashley, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick you in the head. When you say Wednesday, I thought you meant the date. Shush, you're done. Shush. 13th anniversary of the passing of one of the greatest wrestlers, one of the greatest comedians, more so than anything else, one of the greatest people out there in the business, uh, Owen Hart. One person that no matter what, backstage, he would make you laugh, make you cry from laughter. Uh, from what I've I've spoken to people before, I've spoken to Eddie Guerrero, I've spoken to Jeff Jarrett before, I've spoken to Big Show. Uh, I mean, some of these people didn't know Owen Hart's that much, but they knew him enough. Jeff Jarrett was his partner. I mean, I spoke to Jeff Jarrett. We talked a little bit about Owen Hart. It's one of those things where Owen Hart was one of those people who, no matter what, he affected your life if you were a wrestling fan. It was the 13th anniversary of his passing. Uh, well, we won't cover how how he, he passed away. It's one of those things where you really don't want to talk about it too much. Also want to get in a kind of little nod to Macho Man because Sunday's pay-per-view was the first anniversary of Macho's passing. So, Macho, we love you, dude. And I'm not going to try a Macho Man impression because JJ's too good at that. Oh, yeah! But apparently Sean isn't. What? Hey, I'm I'm just as good. Somewhat. Rest in peace, brother. But our theme as we end the show tonight, or as we end the first segment, excuse me, is his theme from one of the most prominent times in his career. When he held the Slammies, he held the tag team titles. It's enough is enough, basically, is the theme. So we're going to leave you with that. We're going to take a commercial break. We'll catch you back here in about a few minutes. And uh, we'll cover our our next segment. So we'll catch you guys here in a few minutes. Well, enough is enough. And it's time for a change. Come and take your best shot. I tried to be a nice guy. I tried to play by the rules. You turned your backs on me! I snapped! I was a victim! Enough! 
never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Have you been looking for wrestling radio that entertains and informs? Then make sure you tune in every Monday night at 11.30 p.m. Eastern for the four-time People's Choice Show of the Year, Wrestling News Live, with the Trey Dog and J.J. Sexay, where anything can and usually does happen, exclusively on the SNS Radio Network, www.snsradionetwork.com. See you in chat. Standing ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled to take you back in time. Host, ring announcer Sean Beckerman brings you pro wrestling nostalgia featuring classic moments and old school themes. So buckle up and go beyond the bell each and every week. On the SNS Radio Network, it's go time! You know, in the world of pro wrestling radio, there's always someone out there who will always try to get under your skin. I want to really drive Andy to the point where he wants to choke me out. Because I'm going to drive him right off the edge of the cliff. They'll always try, but in the end, it always comes down to the truth. That moment when uh, Silent Rage the gasket this match is over you know i'm really just a nice guy at heart but don't piss me off okay i mean come on the truth is going to hurt someone catch your weekly search for the truth right here on the pro wrestling rewind every wednesday night nine o'clock eastern exclusively on the sns radio network Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com.
Welcome back, guys, from that that little break we just had. So, um, we're back. Uh, if you know this, if you know the show, you know what segment we're on. We're on segment two. Segment two is where we cover video game news, reviews, stuff like that. So I know Ashley's on a bit of a time crunch, so we're going to go ahead and jump to Ashley. Ashley, mm -hmm. what news you got for us this week? A few little stories before we get to some big ones. Sony boss of America, anyway, Jack Trenton, said blocking used games is anti-consumer. For once, somebody agrees with the basically gamers, which is good to hear. Although the worrying thing is that he said perhaps Japan won't do the same and they'll block the games because they want everybody to buy for everything new. I'm worried about, but hopefully Xbox listen to him and Nintendo listen to him and we can actually play used games on these new consoles when they come out eventually. Devil's Third, which was a game that people were looking forward to. THQ were going to publish it. Not anymore. They've dropped it, which possibly is a sign of THQ in a kind of trouble because it was supposed to be one of the big games that THQ were going to be bringing out over the course of this holiday season. Some interesting CVs, resumes have appeared listing Gran Turismo 6, Saints Row 4, Mirror's Edge 2, and Battlefield Bad Company 3. And interestingly, Ubisoft have also registered the rights, domain rights, to Just Cause 4. So apparently Just Cause 3 has been cancelled. You know. Wait, 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 what? Just Cause, wait, they, uh, hold on. I, 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 that, that, that. Basically, what you just said was, Just Cause 4 just got a domain. Yeah, domain just, yeah. Cause 3 hasn't even been announced yet. Uh, yes. What the heck is going on there? I, I'm saying cancelled for comedic purposes, but, you know, hint, hint, E3, possibly, Ubisoft are saying there's going to be big announcements, which we're not telling you, hint, hint. Hmm. Okay. A million sales for The Walking Dead on PSN and Xbox Live and all that, so that's been pretty good is, in fact, Telltale Games' biggest selling game to date. So, And that's just for episode one. There's a, I think there's supposed to be five episodes, is there, Sean? Yes, there's supposed to be a five, total of five episodes. So given that a million have already sold of episode one, it'd be interesting to see what the uptake is for the other four episodes. Kevin Butler is apparently going to be in the PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royal thing that's coming out for the Vita and the PS3 with the play on both consoles like it is with MLB The Show, I think. Nice. So you can transfer it over, so that looks pretty cool. A new trailer this week for 007 Legends came out showcasing one of the missions, because we already know Skyfall is going to feature, but it's also going to feature five classic Bonds. And this first trailer shows Moonraker. So, uh, so quote-unquote, this is 007 meets Mass Effect. Or something like it. I don't know. We'll we'll see. We've also got an interesting situation with Nintendo's E3 press conference going to be on their Facebook page, but also on Spike. So that means all three of the major companies, or the major console companies, should I say, are going to be on cable TV with Microsoft and Nintendo on Spike and Sony's on G4. EA and Ubisoft will probably be online anyway, if you want to see them. 
because they're normally the big ones. Konami do theirs before it all happens in the form of a video and not a live press conference, given how their previous press conferences have been quote unquote crap. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> now, the two big ones that I'll cover there is a court case going on between Microsoft and Motorola. Basically, Motorola's being acquired by Google, and they're filing a suit against Microsoft in response to patent infringement claims that were lodged against Motorola by Xbox, or by Microsoft in 2010. It stems from the claims that the 360 infringed on five of their patents related to, quote-unquote, secure wireless communication and transmission of video content between controller devices and game consoles. Recently for the Americans out there, sorry, Ashley, for the Americans out there, that uh, was patents. Patents. Patent, Go ahead. <laughs> Let's call the whole thing off. Recently, apparently, a judge suggested the console should no longer be imported to the U.S. and all sales cease. Okay, um, I do want to jump in here right quick. I, I know we're on a bit of a time crunch with Ashley, but I do want to mention the ITC, the International Trade Commission, uh, a judge is basically their opinion is taken into note, but does not mean that it will not happen. Uh, I read yeah. a little bit more about this. The judge basically can give his opinion, but it's that's his opinion. It's his opinion. There's a panel of seven more people who will determine if it will be banned or not. But go ahead and continue. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's, just related to that, it's kind of a bad thing for about 12 months of Microsoft in this sense because now they've got an issue with shipping the consoles out from China where they're put together and I don't know if we ran this story here or whether you mentioned it or whether I just saw it sometime earlier this year there was some story that one of the factories that puts them together the workers in China weren't happy with the, the rights that they were given so they all went up on the roof and threatened to jump off to, together. I remember that story. Which was a bit crazy, which they obviously agreed to. They agreed to the demands from the workers, so it's not an interest it's not a great year for Microsoft, but no doubt that uh, E3, that crazy guy with a stupid beard will be there. <laughs> Introduce the Connect, dear God. The other thing I wanted to majorly talk about was there's a contract that's appeared between Activision and Bungie for their quote-unquote Destiny series of games. What it's covering is a series of action shooter titles that's codenamed Destiny, which is four games, but also including four downloadable expansion packs, which are being codenamed Comet, which is apparently going to cover an eight-year period. But some of the details here are a little bit crazy. First, Bungie's agreed to make a game that fits into a team rating, but the contract outlines that every Bungie employee can only receive two Activision games as gifts each year. Trust me, this gets weirder and weirder as we go on. It's also been stated Bungie can only begin working on action shooters other than Destiny in 2018, six years away. Valve, Gearbox, and Epic have also been banned from developing any conversions or adaptations of the Destiny and Comet games. Bungie also have to wait until 2022 
10 years away before they're given the rights to publish the projects for themselves or with a publisher other than Activision. But Activision still have first negotiating rights to publish any future titles in the Destiny series. Also, another stipulation in the contract says that before commercial release of all games in the contract, Bungie must provide Activision with every single Easter egg that it has spliced into the game. And Activision, following the certification process, must provide Bungie with the same list. <laughs> what? Who writes this stuff? Kevin it's Butler? An er- it's an interesting comment that uh, Brassheim actually made during our, our prep for this segment was... Was this was this contract written up by a Walmart lawyer? Uh, it was a fairly interesting comment. I do applaud. Yeah, I, do, Kevin Butler. I, I do. I do. I do. I do applaud Brassai on that one joke that he may get uh, some humor out of <laughs> uh, for this entire decade uh, or millennium, uh, since he is uh, just like Shark. He's been there since the dawn of Christ. So, uh, any, uh, continue, Ashley. I'm sorry. I think. Well, that was my last story. There's one I want to tie in to uh, one of your major topics, which I think is the game that's been critically applauded and harassed by fans that keep getting error code. Well, those fans can kiss my ass, because that's definitely <laughs> Um I will jump off. The first thing I will, I will jump off with is GameStop. GameStop will be holding their first public expo event uh, in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, Game GameStop Consumer Expo will be taking place August 29th, uh, two days before PAX Prime goes off. Now, this expo will also coincide with the annual manager meeting, but this time you will actually have the chance if you own a power card and a spare $35, you can pretty much get into it yourself. Uh, there is a $100 VIP option, which will let you get into four in-depth sessions with some of the biggest names in gaming, access to VIP-only lines, and entrance to a VIP gaming lounge. So, sounds pretty interesting. I guess I'll have to, uh, I'll have to try and get in myself, because it looks very, uh, sounds pretty interesting to me. You just covered that story. Uh, enormous Street Fighter box set appears. Uh, will be arriving on September 18th. Let me just preface this by saying it's $150 first off. It's dropping on the Xbox 360 and PS3. Now, this box includes no fewer than 15 discs containing Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo HD Remix, Street Fighter 3 Third Strike Online Edition, Street Fighter 4 Arcade Edition and its DLC, and Street Fighter Cross Tekken with its DLC, along with a documentary, two anime movies, the full Street Fighter anime, animated series, and 11 discs of music. Now, let, let's, let's figure that out. 11 discs of music... That means four discs contain all the games, the documentary, the two movies, the Street Fighter animated series. Oh, and by the way, this set also includes an art book and a light-up reused statue. And it also contains reused belt. The yes. bane of people's lives, art books. Yeah, no kidding. I love my art books. It also comes with what appears to be a certificate of authenticity. Of authenticity. Yeah, I... I kind of want it. I kind of do. I, I will claim that. Uh, Max Payne 3 ships 3 million units. Uh, the PC launch has been pushed to worldwide June 1st. I believe on the UK list, Max Payne 3 actually beats Diablo 3. Am I correct? Yes, but only by 8,000. It wasn't by much. I will give that credit. 
that's definitely not that much. Um, it's especially with the numbers I'm about to throw out here in a second. Uh, Max Payne 3, if you haven't had a chance to play, is a pretty damn good game. It's a very cinematic game. It includes a lot of cutscenes, a lot of blood, and a lot of boozing and drinking, or uh, boozing and uh, drugs. And it does cool. follow on from the second one. Yes, and if you go to Redbox, you only get one disc. So don't do what, <laughs> Trey, don't do what happened to Trey. Go to yeah. Redbox and get the game. If you do, you're screwed. Is that the same with possibly Mass Effect? Because I know Mass Effect was over multiple discs. I'm not sure. I don't use Redbox. If anybody uses Redbox and can tell us... <laughs> yeah. Um, if you've been waiting for Aliens, Colonial Marines, your wait might not be too much farther away. Um, it was set to come out quarter four 2012, or fall 12, 2012, but it's been delayed. Yet this delay is an official street date also. This game has been in the works for 10 years, has spanned three three companies, and will be released on February 12, 2013, on the 360, PS3, and PC, but the Wii U date is to be revealed later on. I know there was a tentative date for it being September-ish, originally, so it, in, in that fact, it isn't too bad. That's true. Uh, there's a redesigned picture of the Wii U tablet that has been released, uh, it looks fairly interesting. It kind of looks like a regular tablet, but with joystick, buttons, and all of that, and a little Wii U symbol in the bottom left corner. If you get a chance, check it out. It looks very interesting. Is that being delayed? No. Uh, I'm trying to figure out which story, because i got four stories sitting up here, and two include the same thing. You know what? We'll go and talk about that one. <laughs> 38 Studios and Big Huge Games. Oh, yes. company that created Kingdoms of Amor the Reckoning, which had to sell 3 million copies just to break even, is what the Rhode Island governor says. 38 Studios and Big Huge Games actually laid off their entire staff, but apparently our producer found something that was quite interesting, and I think he passed it off to you, Ashley. Yeah, they still have 18 jobs up for grabs, apparently, on the website they've I don't, I don't know what areas they're in but yes apparently 18 jobs are going for a company which has no workers anymore and has no health insurance as of may 25th so yeah. I, I wouldn't apply <laughs> for the jobs myself uh, i will say that the, the video game industry is looking out for the guys uh mm -hmm. there's been massive tweets out there saying that uh companies are looking for Workers, that if you can, please hire these guys. Uh, so I mean, if you get a chance, if you get a chance, I mean, go show your support for them. It's definitely worth it. There's another one. Uh, we'll cover this right quick. It's a list. It's a nice little list of all of the games ha that have been delayed to 2013. <laughs> and the first game on the list is, of course, the one game that was considered game of the year, Bioshock Infinite. It has been pushed back to February 2013. No. Aliens Colonial Marines, as we just covered, will be released on February 12th, 2013. Tomb Raider, the new Tomb Raider, will, will be dropping quarter one, 2013. South Park, the game, will be dropping quarter four financial, 2013, which could mean a lot. I'm going to butcher this, but I will not try, will try not to. Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch, 
will be dropping quarter one 2013 for the PS3. The new DMC Devil May Cry will be dropping January 15th, 2013. Metro Last Light, which, which was quietly pushed back, quarter one 2013. Prey 2, beyond 2012. No one cares. So, I mean, that's... Plus, plus Silent Hill getting delayed. Book of Memories. From It was supposed to be coming out now, and it's now coming out Halloween. Which is weird, because the Silent Hill movie's coming out then. Shameless but, plug. But, Ashley, that's not pushed back beyond 2012 into 2013. Well, it's still... So- uh-huh, Game uh-huh. on Amazon UK was still listed as coming out after it came out and it wasn't available and then it's oh it's coming out in October that shows you how messed up that was now on to the big story Diablo 3 one of the biggest selling games of this month so far it has sold 3.5 million copies uh, within the first 24 hours of being released and yet another 1.2 copies 1.2 million copies were also picked up by people who wanted the WoW who bought the WoW annual pass which was a year subscription to WoW, they also got an entire free copy of Diablo 3. That's a little bit over 4.7 million copies that were picked up on day one of Diablo 3's release. Now, there were some problems with the servers on day one because that's a lot of people logging onto one server at the same time. So there were some major problems with that, but Diablo 3 alone has sold... A ton of money. I mean, 3.5 million. Uh, let me bring up the calculator right quick. I think that was a story that Ashley wanted to cover right quick. Yeah, relating to Diablo 3, Game Australia basically went into administration. And as of this recording, is still looking for a buyer, which isn't great for them. But the interesting thing was, because they went into administration on the day of Diablo 3 release, Game Australia couldn't refund them. So, Activision Blizzard stepped in and said, right, if you show us proof that you pre-ordered it, when you purchase your game and email it through, we will refund you the money that you paid for the game online. So, we'll honor your pre-order. Let me throw a quick couple of numbers at y'all, you guys. Uh, the first thing is, our producer Brass has sent me up some numbers. To go along with the 4.7 million picked up on the first day, 3,264 copies were picked up or bought per every minute on the first day. Damn. With 6.3 million copies in the hands of gamers worldwide on the first week of sales, that's 645 copies per minute for the entire week. That's a lot of copies that were dropped. Now let me put some money in, into your thoughts. The first day, just the just the three point five million people buying the game, that is two hundred and twenty four million six hundred sixty five thousand dollars that Blizzard Activision made within the first twenty four <laughs> hours. Damn. Can we say money hog? Yes, I think we can. <laughs> if you if let me jump into a quick review. If you have a computer that can run Diablo three, pick it up. Now, one of the greatest games I have played this year alone. And yes, that is saying a lot. I've played a lot of games, and that's definitely going to be uh, saying something. And you know what? Since I do make that comment, if you want to try out Diablo 3, 
I have two guest passes, which basically gives you the chance to try the starter edition of Diablo 3. Now, I've got a little competition I'm going to be throwing out on the um, Facebook page. But along with that, if you've ever wanted to try it WoW, I've got a free guest pass for that, too. So for three days this week, I'll be throwing up trivia questions covering different things. Uh, Diablo lore, WoW lore, or even video game lore, video game stuff. We'll, uh, we'll see who picks up the pass, but the big thing is your computer has to be able to run it. If your computer cannot run it, I will not give you the passcode. That's the major thing. You need to make sure that your computer can run Diablo 3. So actually, that means you're null and void because you're yeah. 64 over there. We'll not be able to run this game. Very true. Uh, so I'll leave it with that. I think that's all the news stories I have. But first, before I do, before we do leave, uh, the first two songs, the song uh, beginning the segment and the song ending the segment, are from the Diablo 3 soundtrack. If you get a chance, pick that up. It's a very good soundtrack. Very amazing. Definitely worth a listen. So we'll be back in a few minutes with your movie segment, segment three catch you guys in a few. Hey you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Have you checked out the new Unplugged on Friday nights? Well, if you haven't, make sure you check out the new Unplugged Friday nights with JJ Sexay at 10.30 Eastern Standard Time, 8.30 Mountain Standard Time, where JJ covers Smackdown, video games, and whatever the hell else he feels like. See you in chat. Thursday, the SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I watch, I, okay, I, wa- I caught SmackDown again. I caught, she- I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlocksHeadlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independent Scene. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog Jesse James. Present. What's going on, this is Kazarian. And this is the fallen angel Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey guys, it's Dream of Peace. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes right here on the SNS Radio Network.
Hey, wrestling fans, do you want a break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. song for that one i'm not sure i chose that song what was the song that we just had as a uh intro uh we had moby's version of the james bond theme okay so Which there might you be related to something we may or may not talk about probably the only thing we're going to talk about is if you have a chance watch the skyfall watch the skyfall trailer and check out what they're actually sounds like what they're doing with the theme at the end of the trailer it sounds pretty damn awesome. That's all we're going to talk about on that. So, we've got a, this is the entertainment segment. We're going to talk talk movies, comic books, whatever we really want to talk about. So, actually, go ahead and hit it. Okay, one of the big trailers, other than Skyfall, that got released this week online, even though it showcased last week with people that saw the dictator is the trailer for Anchorman 2. Anchorman The Legend Continues. Who knows what, but it's certainly it's still humorous, the trailer with Steve Carell and Paul Rudd and I can't remember the bloke that plays Champ, the sports guy, and Will Ferrell, but that's supposed to be coming out some point next year. I'm guessing early next year. Certainly looks very fun. Hopefully get to see more of it. Cannes Film Festival is happening right now, and loads of people are there that are of some significance. Jackie Chan's there, basically, for his new martial arts film, and he's pretty much said Rush Hour 4 will not happen. Despite some rumours saying that it could, Jackie Chan said no. Which, to be honest, is quite good. Because Rush Hour... Rush Hour 1 was good, but... Two and three, it kind of lost breath in the franchise. 
one franchise that definitely hasn't lost breath, which Sean will be talking about then in the next few minutes, is the Avengers, which now has taken nearly $1.2 billion, which makes it I think, the ninth most successful film on box office takings ever. <coughs> which isn't four weeks. I mean, I went to see it again for the second time last week, and the cinema was still packed. Yeah, okay, I'm only going to see it day, once. He's only seeing it once because he's not hardcore. I would do it in a high-pitched Mick Foley-style voice, but I'm not that crazy yet. One that perturbed me, Tom Cruise is apparently being approached to be the new star of a rebooted Magnificent Seven. Again, this is a case of a classic film that doesn't need to be remade. To be quite honest, just no. Absolutely. Uh. And speaking of another film that doesn't really need to be remade, apparently Ryan Reynolds has been approached to be in a reboot of Highlander. I would make some joke about there can be only one, but that wouldn't work. Anyway, we've also got a little bit... I've also got a little bit regarding Dwayne The Rock Johnson in the fact that he apparently could be approached to be in the new DC comic movie, which is Lobo, which I'm not fully aware of. I'm not sure whether Sean is. No, off the top of my head, I'm not fully into what it is. Uh, I'd, I'd take a little bit of looking up, which I'll actually do right now while you're still talking about stuff. All I've got here is what it looks like is it's the same crew from Journey 2 because the director, Brad Payton, has leapt on an offer for Warner Brothers to remake or to make the psycho alien bounty hunter Lobo his next project. Okay. Um... Lobo is, the role. Lobo is a fictional character that appears in the comic books published by DC Comics. Uh, an alien, Lobo works as an interstellar mercenary and bounty hunter, introduced as a hardened, rarely used, hard-boiled villain in the 1980s. The character remained in limbo until his revival as an anti-hero biker in the 1990s. Uh, see if I can find some kind of history. Lobo was originally a regular character in Keith, Gr Keith Giffen and Roger Slifer's Green Lantern spinoff, Omega Men. At that time, he was a Valorpian whose entire race had been exterminated by the Scions. His origin was later re retconned, which means it was redone. Uh, he's He kind of... They got a picture on the on the 52. Basically, one of, this, one of the pictures is uh, the 52 Week 17... Um, it's him with a sword through Superman's cape. It's oh, wow. Fairly interesting. So, no, sh no clue. Something that Sean will be interested in in the trailer, first trailer for Baz Luhrmann's take on The Great Gatsby got released, which certainly looks 
interesting. I know that's one that Sean will probably want to catch when it Which comes out. Which has a very glaring error in the trailer. <laughs> I've already seen it, so I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah. And Scott War, who directed the Navy SEAL film Act of Valor, is apparently signing up for The Need for Speed. Yes, the film based off the video game about car racing. So basically, Fast and Furious. Because that's what everybody will compare it to. In other video game movie-related news... There's apparently going to be a new Tekken movie from the director of the martial arts film Ong Bak, which Ong Bak. kind of... Say again? Ong Bak. Ong Bak, yeah. But that's a brilliant martial arts film. So I'm willing to give it the benefit of a doubt just because he's on it. And apparently as well, they're actually looking for people that look like the people from the video game. Not just anybody. So it's going to kind of possibly go like dead or alive. Which, you know, that that intrigues me, to be quite honest. Then we've got the other story was that Josh Trank, who directed, in my opinion, the underrated Chronicle. He's apparently been signed up to do the video game adaptation the, the movie adaptation of Shadow of the Colossus. I don't know how you can make that into a movie, to be quite honest. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, a bloke going and killing big monsters by finding their weak points. Uh, I want to say this right now. I know I'm going to be in a very small, small group. I was not a huge fan of Shadow of the Colossus. I was, it, it, it was a beautiful game, don't get me wrong, but it seemed more like a tech demo. Mm. That's the only thing it seemed like to me. A tech demo, and that was it. That's all I'm going to leave it at. Once again, I did not like it. Go ahead. Personally, I think it's good because we've quite a few games recently like it, like Limbo, like Braid, the way the storyline goes perhaps isn't how you first think. Because after killing all these monsters that are basically just wandering around doing nothing, sometimes you wonder, why am I killing the monsters? Um, Just putting that out there, plot spoilers mild possibly that I've given away, but that's the kind of and which left me with an impact which I will not get rid of that game for the PS2 mainly because I bought it cheap and it's still if I traded it into anywhere I'd still get money off it which is amazing which is you know a rarity also one of my favourite actors Gary Oldman is go- he's also going to be in another reboot and this time they're rebooting Robocop and Gary Oldman is apparently going to be the creator of Robocop. But as long as he's like Sirius Black or George Smiley from Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, I won't care. It's Gary freaking Oldman. 
Red 2 news. We confirmed a few weeks back that it was going to be coming and Catherine Zeta-Jones was being added to it. We can also add Anthony Hopkins to it as well. Really? So, yes, a very interesting list of stars there coming up. (laughs) Especially with the fact Morgan Freeman's in it. Which, due to something that happens in the first movie, might be awkward. Wait. Yeah. Spoilers. He dies. No, he doesn't. He dies in the first movie. No. Well, he gets killed off, but it's only implied that he gets killed off. Right. He wasn't... It wasn't shown that he was killed. Yeah, that's the way they could probably get it around. But he's a super spy, so... Yeah, they're not well, gonna basically come out I, I wouldn't say, be hey, surprised. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it'll be loads of stuff. But the final story, which will tie into one of Sean's stories, is Ashley Hamilton. No, that isn't my name. It's the name of famous TV actor George Hamilton, his son. He is apparently going to be playing or in talks to be playing Firepower in Iron Man 3. Which doesn't get my hopes up, because all he's famous for is being a son of somebody. Yeah, that's what Just I want to start But I'm going to hand over to Sean for his little bits of news, and what's your story regarding Iron Man 3? Well, the quick story that I have is basically Jean Favreau, Favreau, however you say his name. Favreau. French. Favreau, whatever. It's French, that's all I, that's all I know. <laughs> uh, will basically be back in Iron Man. Iron Man 3, but not as director. He'll basically be back as Happy Hogan, who was Stark's driver, bodyguard, and right-hand man in Iron Man 3. He tweeted a picture that showed Happy Hogan, uh, the chair, because they, like sh- they like to actually put the names of the characters on there. While that makes that's not official it's probably safe to say that happy will at least be making an appearance in the film as he just as ashley just mentioned himself uh firepower will be in the film jack target the character is described as the pilot of an experimental armored suit under the secret mission dubbed project firepower hamilton is a personal friend of robert downey jr though they've never actually worked together oh that's why so it's kind of interesting. So it's cool to see that he's uh, he's in the film. Uh, Catching Fire, uh, the sec- Hunger Games sequel, has a new title: The Hunger Games Catching Fire. Oh no! Thumbs down. What does this sound like? Yeah, actually, let me preface what IGN has. Lionsgate has officially tweeted the title of their Hunger Games sequel, Catching Fire. So the Hunger Games Catching Fire. Let the old oh great, now it's going to be just like the Twilight Saga, well, in commence. <laughs> yes, that was what they said. You just now know that Marvel are now going to call it Marvel part of the Avengers. I am unfree. Well, this gets even more hilarious. Speaking of Twilight, the studio also wouldn't give a straight answer about the rumor of Twilight star Robert Pattinson being up for the role of former tribute. Finnick O'Dare. Yes, <laughs> we could have Twilight star Robert Pattinson in The Hunger Games Catching Fire. 
I will now not see the series. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, get the other bloke. What's his name? I can't remember. The werewolf? Yeah. No, I will not watch it either. Well, he was in Abduction, which the I plot seen of that, that is pretty similar to Hunger Games. I haven't seen it, don't care. So, next story is one of my favorite Bond villains ever because he was just so... He cries blood. He cries blood. I mean, that's pretty awesome. But it's just, he's so, he's, he's so cold. Mads Mikkelsen, who was the Casino Royale villain, Lashif. Yes, thank you, Lashif. Is basically going to be in Thor 2 as an unspecified villain. The picture they have showing, I'm not sure where this picture is from, but it's him on his knees in a field with a bunch of tattoos tattooed on him. I mean, a bunch of pictures tattooed on him, and a sword in the ground next to him with flames or smoke all around the field. One of the, ah, what's the story? Variety basically put this in, in the article. It is unknown at this time what part he will play, but what is known is that his, that is Tom Hiddleston, who played Loki in the original, will still have a big part as the an- antagonist. Marvel and Disney declined to comment on the casting. Thor 2 films later this year for a November 15, 2013 release. Last story, and this does tie into The Rock again, G.I. Joe Retaliation. Oh, which yes. Which was set to come out June 29th, has been pushed back nine months to March 29th, 2013. Which has pissed off a lot of the Facebook. In order to convert the movie to 3D. Oh, that... Terrible two-syllable word. Deadline claims this is to bolster the movie's foreign box office chances where 3D is a huge draw. What? Yep. Hang hang on. Right. Avengers. When it came out over here first week, it took 15 million pounds or whatever, which is about 25 million dollars-ish. 80 to 90% of that was 2D. That was England, though. What it's about the pretty other- much the same everywhere else, I think. Possibly Hold not on. in China. Hold on. Hasbro has confirmed the release date change in 3D conversion at a press conference. It is, increasing, it is increasingly evident that 3D resonates with moviegoers globally. And together with Paramount, we made the decision to bring fans an even more immersive entertainment experience, said Brian Goldner, Hasbro's president and CEO. In 2012, we continued to have a strong motion, motion picture and television entertainment-backed properties they're selling well at retail, and our entertainment strategy remains strong and on track. Through our ha- own Hasbro Studios for television and partnership with several movie studios, including Paramount, Universal, Sony, and Relativity, we are creating... Yeah, I'm going to fail on that one. We are creating entertainment no, experiences around... Iron, there's an irony to it, but I'll let you finish. Around many of our high-popular iconic brands for the full year 2012, we continue to believe, absent the impact of foreign exchange... We will again grow revenues and earnings per share. So Hasbro is that convinced that Battleship was good? Well, here's something hilarious. Deadline adds that Universal's raunchy Seth MacFarlane comedy Ted has now been shifted from July 13th to June 29th. <laughs> hey, kids. <laughs> What's your film about a teddy? <laughs> um, it, it does say that... The film did, actually, 
it performed better overseas than it did domestically, but not in 3D. So, mm-hmm. apparently the uh, the movie's done well. It's it's not about if the movie was good. It's about the money. That's all that they care about. That's all the stories I have. Yes. Is there anything you want to add to that story? Well, the, the other reason that they gave is because, or one reason that was on the Facebook page, which I kind of believe, is the Spider-Man movie coming out two weeks after. Probably. Because they don't want it to get dwarfed by too many big films. But my thinking is, is it a coincidence that the week after G.I. Joe will now be released... WrestleMania 29 happens, which allegedly, according to his statement at the press conference in March, he will be present at. Hmm? Did you just really harm me by that? Well, I was going to say really, but, you know, I don't want to be considered a Miz, Mark. But you are. Oh, not a Mark. My yes, fan. Andy, I said it. I said it, Andy. Yes, I did. What you gonna do now, buddy? Oh, wow. I'm just not happy. I'm being dragged into wars. Oh. Well, at least he gets my name right, I think. Oh, I'm just seeing new character banners for Dark Knight Rises, which look awesome, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, since you mentioned that, I picked up some new posters this week from uh, from the base theater. And one of the posters I picked up happens to be Snow White and the Huntsman, which has not yet been released in theaters yet, but I was given a poster due to the fact that one of our base theaters has closed. This poster looks very sweet. If you get a chance to take a look at it, go check it out. It is very awesome. Which will lead me straight into the movie that I will only see once, and only once, The Avengers. Here we go, peeps. The Avengers, I I don't really know how to say this, so I'll just say it like this. The Avengers has, has to be, in my honest opinion, one of the greatest films I've seen this year. <laughs> I, I definitely will say that. I mean, there's been some great films this year, but The Avengers, being a comic book fan as I am, being a huge Captain America fan, Iron Man film fan, I, I loved it. Me and my dad went and saw it. It was kind of just us relaxing, hanging out uh, as I had a day off. We went and saw the movie. Hilarious moments throughout the entire film. I mean, we were laughing. The whole theater was laughing. It was just one of the greatest films that me and my... I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to put it like this. Me and one of the greatest films me and my father have sat down and watched together. I mean, we've seen all the pirates in theaters together. We've seen, I mean, we've seen a lot of movies together in theaters, but this had to be one of the best. And I'm glad I actually went and saw it. Uh, it I went during the middle of the day, so there was about 25 people in the theater. Uh, it was a, at least a 200 seat theater, so it was it was just what I wanted. Not a lot of people. Middle of the day, great chilling. Uh, for all those who expected a trashing of the film, I do apologize to you. Kyle, I don't care about you, really. You're just a troll. Oh, God, God. Well, not really. Some, a lot of people knew. I, I got plenty of messages okay, saying, yeah. God, God. Yeah. 
little Jimmy came out and said, y'all got got. But little Jimmy's also little Jimmy. So, I do want to say that if you get the chance, go check it out. It's completely worth watching. Ashley, like he said, seen it twice. He's probably he's probably lying and saying it's the fourth, fifth time he's seen it. Um, no, I have only seen it twice. Okay, sorry. And I went to see it twice because I wanted to see whether the shawarma scene gets added. It didn't. And you know what? So, I actually didn't see that scene. The post-shawarma scene is exclusive to America. You yes. bastards. Well, like I said, then I didn't again, see it. we get Prometheus early. Eh, which has pretty much been spoiled, apparently. Yes. That's one story I think we'll touch on next week because it will have only, it will just been released on midnight screenings and all that over here in the UK. I won't be seeing to a, a midnight screening because I'm committed to the open book more than enjoying myself. Really? Probably. Uh never mind. Um is there any other stories you would like to bring up? Not really. I think we'll just do a cheap plug for our shows over the next couple of weeks because next week is going to be the E3 preview. And then it looks well, possibly... Let me preface something right quick. Hold on one second. Let me preface something right quick. If you're a big gamer or movie fan, uh, come the week after next, we will not be covering a lot of wrestling and movie news. Our segments will pretty much be mainly gaming. Uh, all Almost all gaming, unless something major happens. Yeah. Unless something major wrestling or movie news happens, we will only cover gaming. Due to the fact that E3 does happen, we want to cover all the conferences solely based with our own segments. We want to cover as much as we can. We want to make sure that you, as listeners of the SNS Radio Network, the family members... Get everything that we can give you. I'm also thinking of possibly. I want to get your guys' thoughts that listen to this, wherever you be on the Facebook or whatever. I'm thinking of possibly doing a weekly blog post, if I can, on the SNS site, on something to do with video gaming. Perhaps a major topic, so an E3 review in E3 week, or the fact that games are delayed, or the handheld market seemingly going not great because sales of the Vita in Japan haven't been brilliant, and the 3DS only had an uptake in sales when it had a price drop, and just address different things and whatever is comes up in the news that week I will try and address as well so I just wanted to get your guys thoughts on it okay that's interesting there's something that me and Ashley do need to talk to about off the air at some point in the near future something that we I brought up to you before so we need to talk about that uh, probably before the show next week okay it's something to do with fantasy wrestling I mean we talked about it before a little bit so, uh, I believe that is the show for this week. Ashley, is there anything else once again? No, I'm about to uh, recreate Chariots of Fire, possibly. So, he's Ashley. Oh, there is one thing we need to do. Wrestling News Live every Monday. Oh, I take that back. Wrestling News Live every Tuesday. Is there Nine Eastern. Nine Eastern. You got... Pro Wrestling Rewinds every Wednesday, 
Nine Eastern. Nine Eastern. Sorry about that. You have un, uh, the new Unplugged every Friday. It's taking a little bit of hiatus right now, but stay tuned to the SNSRadioNetwork.com or stay tuned to the Facebook page. JJ will definitely let you know when he's coming back. Uh, you have Sunday Night Showdown every pay-per-view Sunday, be it TNA or WWE. And make sure you check out all the podcasts on the SNS Radio Network. I mean, you've got the open book. You're listening to us right now. But you also got Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman, Running the Ropes with Maverick and Crelly. Don't forget to check out Elite Force Podcast Midweek Edition with Chuck W. You've also got the weekend edition of Elite Force Podcast with Mindwipe and Walkie. I believe that is all the shows on the network. Pretty Don't much. even say it, Ashley, because I know what you're going to say. Keep it till you actually do a show. Um, wow. The, se- the secret project, which isn't a secret. No, it's more so why are you still doing it? Anyway. One of those words is a clue, people. <laughs> I will duct tape his mouth next it. week. Shush. <laughs> He's Ashley. I'm Sensational Sequel. And there's a song we're going to end with you tonight. It's by Death Clock. It happens to be the only song that I could think of that brings up as much of Diablo as I can think. It's called Go Forth and Die. If you ever heard Death Clock, you know the song. Check it out. We'll see you guys next week for the open book. Have fun. Peace.